This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey, y'all, and welcome to another episode of the Grip Per 60 podcast. Trade bait edition? Do we already have a trade bait edition? Probably. So my name's Connor Farrell. You can call me TC. And I am joined from Gainesville's own. Hey, everyone. Uh, I'm Brendan, also known as TCJ. And we got, we, got some, we got some things to talk about because the Jets apparently are in, I don't want to say they're in the news again. They're in the rumors, I guess, is the way you would phrase that. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with people, that. People are talking about the Jets. Kind of sort of talking about the Jets. Kind of sort of talking about the Jets. So there has been talk about the Minnesota Wild trading Dumba. So my question for you, Brendan, TCJ. Oh, before we get into this, shout out to our wonderful audio producer, Vinny, who has, in the recent episodes, been cleaning things up for us. Go Vinny. We almost forgot again, but we didn't. Well, this time it was your job, at least. Yeah, that was my, yeah. You can, you can go find him at, at Vinny Powerplay on Twitter. And Correct. you can also listen to his podcast at The Powerplay Podcast. We should ask him if he has like a business email, if people wanted to like contact him to do like producery yeah. things. But I don't have one right now. His DMs might be open on Twitter. Ooh. That's possible. Vinny, we're going to invite people to DM you on Twitter. Yeah. And I know you get this message because you're listening to this to produce. Anyway. So anyway. So Dumba. So Matt Dumba. So my question to you, Brendan, would Matt Dumba improve this Jets defense? Yes, but that is a really, really low bar to clear. How does he improve this defense? What does he bring to the table? He's an NHL caliber defenseman, something that the Jets don't have a whole lot of. What does he do well, Brendan? Well, he's a decent offensive defenseman, and since we spent a lot of the year talking about how uh, the Jets don't have a whole lot of offensively capable offensive defensemen, they didn't have a whole lot of capable anything uh, defensemen. But Aside from Neil Pionk, everybody else was on a good day, like a neutral offensively. Josh Morris. And so, yeah, you know, Dumbo's got a nice shot and uh, he does some, does some nice things with the puck and on the breakout. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be interested in the price that they were talking about. <laughs> what is that price? Uh, so the rumor was the, because the Wild are looking for either like a, a 2C or. I guess another winger, even though they have a bunch of wingers. Um, but they would be interested in Nikolai Ellers. And I'm like, hold up a second. No, <laughs> no, you can't have Nikolai Ellers. <laughs> yeah, we, we've already discussed previously that um, we don't think moving Ellers is a good move just because people can people like the people who were suggesting that they trade him they said they trade him because he's on a team friendly contract and i think that's exactly why you don't move him um and also i think 
you don't move him because the Jets don't have very many players with his profile. Like they got a ton of players who can score and create offense. They don't have a ton of players who can drive play. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Was that well? I mean, guys like Lowry and Cobb can do that in the bottom six, but legit like top line talent that can also drive play. No, they don't have an, they don't have another player like Nick Ellers. Right. So I mean, and I guess that would be my point is if you were going to trade someone, I would assume it would have to be a different winger. I mean, not have to be, but. I would prefer it not to be Nick Ellers. Well, also, is it? it's not only that they would be dealing Nick Ellers. They would also be dealing Nick Ellers' contract. Nick Ellers' contract yes. is amazing. Yeah. He's got five years left, and it's $6 million. Dumba's it, is also $6 million, so basically they yeah. would just be swapping salaries around, so there would, be no, but, there would be no cap benefit to either team. But Dumba doesn't give you the same thing on the ice that Ellers does. And I know it's hard to compare defensemen to, to wingers, but if you just look at value, and maybe this is just because we watch a lot more Ellers than we do Dumba because we watch the Jets. I don't feel like what you're getting from Dumba is nearly enough to compensate giving up what you get from Ellers, if that makes sense. Yeah, I was going to say my thing is that Dumba is a decent like second-pairing guy. Yeah, well... We, I mean, on a, on a normal team, he's a decent second pairing guy. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I yeah, my my critique to that because would be you know probably on a normal team, Morrissey and P, um, Demello are probably ideally second pairing guys as well. I don't know if I mean you could put Morrissey on the top pair, but I don't. I wouldn't consider him a highly valued top pair defenseman. If you are trading Nick Ellers, yeah, there are bigger fish to fry than Matt Dumba, like Christopher Letang. I hate that you called him Christopher. <laughs> That's why I did it. Literally, nobody else in hockey media calls him Christopher. <laughs> it's just, it's just one of those things that Pierre does. But hey, so, I mean, like, hey, if. Latang is on the block. Like, I don't know if that's the worst idea in the world. I would still rather not move Nick Allers. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would rather. And see, I guess this gets to our other thing to talk about. I feel like Line A is a lot. I'd be more comfortable moving him. Um, and I know I was asking for maybe a little bit too much from him in our last episode, but I. Th- the pieces are more there, I think, for the Jets to replace what Line A gives them. If that makes sense. Because well, they've yeah, got other was... players with his type of can produce offense, can score type of profile than, than Ellers does. And Line A's contract is expiring soon anyway. So he's very movable in that sense. Um, I was going to say I would, that. I still, uh... wouldn't do, I still wouldn't do Line A for Dumba. I think that was... That's a Dumba idea. Uh, but what I was going to say was that I feel like in the great which winger should the Jets trade debate of 2020, I feel like I'm down to either Line A or Connor because I feel like they yeah. have similar skill sets. But they and just, their on-ice impacts are fairly similar. But they just gave... Uh, 
Kyle Connor a huge extension. Right, which means that I think it's going to be line to go because he only has one year left. And, you know, it would, if they don't think that line is going to resign, I would rather them move him. I'd rather them move him now or sometime this offseason rather than wait for like a deadline deal or whatever. Yeah, Kyle Connor is signed through 2026 um, with a cap hit of about $7 million. Um, whereas Line, A, Line A's contract runs out at the end of next season, he's probably going to move north of that $7 million that Kyle Connor's got. So if they were to trade someone, Line A's probably the more cost-effective option there. Right, uh, but the hockey men don't like Nick Ellers, so... There's that too. Honestly, I there you, there are some like a lot of the, the guys that you normally agree on on other things will agree on. Nick Ellers is really good. Like EJ Raddick, I believe is very high on Nick Ellers. But it's been a while since I've actually watched that show. It's really funny to me to look at this article that was like the NHL trade board right now from the Athletic, mm-hmm. where they put Ellers as number ten, and of course they put. Line A super high up. I think it was number one actually. Um, yeah, Line A was number one, and they put Ellers at ten. And the quote from a rival talent evaluator, so another team scout. Not only did he score, he went after guys physically that might have moved the pendulum in his favor. I was like, oh yes, the Ellers' physicality, <laughs> the best part of his game. <laughs> when I watch Nick Ellers, I am watching out for how. His uh, physicality impacts the game. Um, I've mentioned this several times throughout the season, but um, every time I watch Nick Ellers, I'm always drawn to the fact that how he just like pulls in defensemen with his skating ability. Like he just moves so fast through the neutral zone and attracts so much attention to himself. And I guess my thing is just how do you not like Nick Ellers? I feel like you know you're asking the wrong guy. All right. Did you have anything else you want to say, maybe more on, on Line A or Ellers? So if we trade Line A, what are we getting out of them? Probably more than Matt Dumba. I mean, I would like to, but we'll see. I mean, Craig Houston's the guy who wrote this trade uh, big board article for uh, The Athletic said that it would have to take a monster offer to pry Line A away from the Jets. So, yeah, I mean, it, it just, so I guess it sort of just depends on what your evaluation of Line A is, too. But I mean, I like, I like Line A. I, I think he's maybe a little bit more balanced than people give him credit for, but you are definitely picking him up to put the puck in the back of the net. I don't know. I guess that's why people see him as primarily a scorer, but I don't necessarily think that that's all that he does. And so maybe I overvalue him compared to what other people might say. Yeah, he was basically saying that there's a strong belief from other teams that uh, Kevin Cheveldayoff would really like to give his top six forwards a different look and that the only untouchables up front are Shifley and Wheeler. Yeah. I'm just... Maybe I'm just reading into the fancy stats too much, but to me, like, if I were to name two untouchable Jets forwards... It would be Shifley and Ellers. So you would you would be willing to trade Wheeler? 
Yeah, but I mean, I think his contract is is pretty bad. I, <laughs> so I, 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 I think the returns on that would be pretty minimal. I think Wheeler's too important to this team. And I, I get that. I'm just saying that if I were to rank the two best forwards, okay, I, I, would, I, mean, I would have Ellers in there instead of Wheeler. I could see that. I might have, I might go Ellers Wheeler instead of Ellers Shifley, maybe. But anyway, that's just how I feel. I feel like you should keep Ellers and then take offers on either Line A or Connor. Especially line A if you know that he's not going to resign. Yeah. All right. I feel like we're kind of talked out. Yeah, on we're that we're point. going in circles here. <laughs> um all right. Uh, next topic. The big news last night was that Alex Petrangelo sounds like he's not going to resign in St. Louis. Which is huge because like other than John Tavares a couple of years ago, like Petrangelo's I guess Panarin too. But like Petrangelo's up there in terms of big names that have hit the hit the free market. I want to I, I want to see Chevalier go for this. Yeah, I mean that I, I would want, certainly that would that would speed this. up the retool certainly. I tried to make the numbers work on cat friendly armchair GM thing. I don't think it really works. I think if they go after Petrangelo, there's no way they sign Dylan Camillo. Yeah, and but so like you'd, you'd be re-signing Petrangelo at the cost of maybe a more balanced or a deeper blue line, or even a, a deeper team. I'm fine with because you would have a guy in Petrangelo who's like a top ten defenseman in the league right now. Right, and that's I think why you need to go after him is because you need. We talked about the the other options here, right? We we talked about Morrissey. We said ideally isn't a top-pairing defenseman. Dylan DeMello, we said, ideally is not a top-pairing defenseman. And we said, if we were to bring in Matt Dumba, he's not a top-pairing defenseman. Who does that leave you with? Pionk? No. Pionk is not a top-pairing defenseman. The only guy out there, well, unless you're going to go get Chris Letang, Christopher Letang. um, Please stop. You know, Petrangelo fills that role. Petrangelo can be that top pairing defenseman. I am just worried that if you do go get him, that is going to be an albatross contract in a few years. You know, like I said, like the Jets' core, like their forward core, sets themselves up to be competitive now. Now, right? If you can just fix the center situation and the whole, basically the entire defense, which is kind of a big ask, but well. Those forwards, though, like those wingers and Marshall Eifley. You know, I, and you might be able to make the numbers work if you move a forward. If you just ship out a forward and free up some cap space that way. Um, the question then is, what forward are you, you moving out? Matthew Perot has a $4 million cap hit, and I don't know if he's necessarily worth that, but he do ha- does have a modified no-trade clause, so that would be difficult. Um, difficult, but... Not impossible. I mean, Eric Saul was just traded when he had a no trade, so. Yeah. And Matthew Pro's a um, UFA next next year. You could move maybe Adam Lowry, but he was your best performer in the playoffs. And his cap hit is really, you'd be moving about $3 million and he's a UFA next year. 
Yeah, but I feel like Andrew Cop and Adam Lowry are pretty right. similar. So I'm not and, and I'm not super um concerned with losing one of those two. And I guess this this is where we run into the issue of um well, well you said they're pretty I thought you were going to say that they play well together because they do. Well, they do, but I think that they can I, I think that Cop can just sort of fill in okay. whatever. Okay. So if we were to ship Adam Lowry for draft picks and get some cap space or prospects. Are you on board with that? I mean, yeah, if it means I can sign uh, Petrangelo, yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Because I'm looking at this and they, you know, the Jets, even after this offseason, the Jets do have players that they would want to re-sign next season, right? We talk about Patrick Line quite a bit. Matthew Perot is a UFA. Adam Lowry is a UFA. Andrew Kopp is an RFA, I imagine. I think I want to keep Andrew Kopp after this next season. I would, I would like so to see too. them. I would like to see them extend Andrew Kopp, but he's probably going to get, what, four to five mil? I don't know. Is that too high? <laughs> uh, I mean, it depends, it depends on where he plays, to me, honestly. Like, yeah, it depends on how, and it depends on how he plays. I mean, if he ends up being the 2C and he plays well, but yeah, it's going to be a lot higher. But I mean, if he's still hanging out in the middle six, going up and down, yeah, we'll right. see. How does um, Brian Little's uh, IR status play into the cap situation? Do you know? I mean, if he's on long-term IR, like I believe that like that salary doesn't count against the cap. But Interesting he would also need to have a reason to be on long-term IR. Interesting. So it, it is possible that they could go and get Petrangelo, um, but it would take sacrificing things elsewhere significantly. Right. And I wonder, but... I wonder if, if they go out and try to get Petrangelo, if that further, handy, or if that further uh, handcuffs them from trying to acquire a center. Not necessarily. So maybe, like, theoretically, you could sign Petrangelo, and then if you were going to, like, we've talked about how, like, the Jets pretty much need to move one of their top wingers for something, right? Mm -hmm. So you sign Petrangelo, and then you flip a winger for a 2C, and, like, bada-bing, bada-boom, like, everything's fine. Is it, though... Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that would be the that would be the ideal off season, right? I I mean, I guess so. There's still I I still see even if you bring in Petrangelo, I still see holes in that defense. Right, but Petrangelo Pionk Pullman is a lot better than Demello Pionk Pullman. Are you talking? Okay. Yeah, I could see that, but I mean, the that's left side—the we... left side is still a problem. Oh yeah, but hmm. it's not as bad as it could be. Hmm. But I mean, does Hanola play on the right or the left? Do we remember? Well, I mean, teams these days, like it's not—you're not necessarily married to your side. I, I, but I, I feel I. I could be wrong about this, but my feeling with Paul Maurice is that he's definitely in that line of Oh, thinking. he is, but 
whatever. Like, I think he's definitely going to try to play defenseman on their side. Hanela and Sandberg are both lefties. Okay. So, so, you know, I don't know if that necessarily makes it better. I do, we, you know, I do like what I have seen from the little time that Hanela has played with us. I, I don't know enough about Sandberg to say, and honestly, I don't really know if Niku is an NHL caliber defenseman. Well, it also doesn't. But I help say throw him in anyway. <laughs> what? It doesn't help that whenever Niku plays, they always throw him in with some totally awful pylon, and they play him for like twelve minutes. Well, twelve in twelve minutes is being generous. He probably gets nine minutes. But he, I mean, I don't know. My thing would be that this is a total pipe dream, right? Like until someone proves me wrong, like big name free agents just don't sign in Winnipeg. Right. Like I think Paul Paul Stastny was the closest one. And then he was like, Oh, Hey, look, lights are shiny in Vegas. Well, and I'm afraid of the same thing happening. <laughs> Literally the same thing happening. I'm afraid of him going to Vegas. Like Vegas has some room. If they move flurry, most of their big pieces are, are, are under contract. But where, where are they going to move flurry to? Uh, Pittsburgh. Because Pittsburgh, that, hear, hear, hear me out. Pittsburgh. Oh my gosh. Pittsburgh's you're going right. to move Matt Murray. to do that. Pittsburgh's going to move Matt oh Murray. Oh my gosh! And then they're going to trade for Mark Andre Fleury because <laughs> because Jim Rutherford loves trading for and you're, away the same so like right. three people. You're so right. I didn't even think about this possibility. It's going to happen. Like do, do, I feel wait, very certain any, about this happening. Do the Jets have any players that have played in Pittsburgh before? Cody Eakin has Cody Eakin played in Pittsburgh? No. Oh, he's a UFA. Oh shoot! Yeah, yeah. Oh, that could be a cap casualty, huh? Right? Go to Eakin. You can well, just not he... resign Eakin. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Vegas has some room, but they would have to clear. But like, it's possible because they're only RFAs or they're only like free agents. Are Nick Cousins, whatever, Chandler Stevenson, who like was good for them in the postseason, but like, I could live without him to get Petrangelo. Mm-hmm. John Merrill and Derek Anglin, and I'm just like, yeah, I can do without those guys. Yeah. It's possible. And also the fact that it's a flat cap and that like nobody really feels like spending money right now, like that could be an advantage for teams because like Petrangelo could be a guy who comes in under double digits per se. And I guess this is the other reason I I like trying to go after Petrangelo instead of other ways of bringing in talent there. Because, you know, you talked about, you know, behind the scenes, you had this great idea to um, offer sheet Sorelli. I didn't have this great idea. Every single uh, armchair GM on friendly had that idea. (laughs) I just floated it out there. And I kind of like this idea. But the thing that that is, if you're going to offer sheet somebody, you have to give up draft picks. And I think with the flat cap for the next few years, you're going to want as many of those draft picks as you can. 
also like the problem is is that if say like the jets do the tier we have to give it like a first a second and a third for example the jets don't have the draft picks to well they i think they believe they do well they i mean but to comp like the issue would be is that you're giving tampa the 10th overall pick in a pretty good draft yeah no but that's what i was saying is they don't have i don't don't think they've got enough draft picks and prospects to lose those and be okay if if the jets pick was later in the first round i would i would be all right with it but like giving up the 10th overall pick and you know like your second your third round pick or whatever like that's it's a little more it's 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 harder to take in that one i wonder I wonder if they could trade for like we. Uh, one of the things we talked about was Vince Dunn, right? He could be an interesting defenseman for them to bring in. Yeah, but with Petrangelo gone, they can just use that money to resign him. I suppose though that the the Jets could trade for Sorelli's rights instead. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. They don't really need the Jets. Don't need any more wingers, right? And if we've got Kyle Connor long term, if we've got Nick Ellers long term. Who knows what Blake Wheeler's long term? Who knows what's happening with Line A? Um, do do we really need to hold on to Veselainen? Could we trade Veselainen to get some? I mean, yeah, you, theoretically, like you could make a package of like Roslovic and Veselainen for something. I don't know. I we'll of, see. I kind of, I kind of want to keep Roslovic though. We can't keep everybody, but I, I want like. Well, also, the, you gotta remember. Good. You gotta remember that uh, play center. the expansion draft is next off season too. So whoever your eighth forward is, oh well. All right. Um, so we're gonna take, take Adam Lowry. We're gonna take a quick break, but um, at the other end, we'll talk a little bit about the Stanley Cup Finals. Since 1999, CoolHockey.com has been the number one online source for purchasing and customizing officially licensed NHL hockey jerseys in North America. They ensure every product that leaves their doors is done to the exact specifications of the NHLPA. Since they don't outsource jerseys for customization like their competitors, they're able to offer the best quality, pricing, and delivery time on all of their products. If you're a fan of the Winnipeg Jets, they have what you need to support your team. If you take our word for it, then go to www.coolhockey.com THPN and use our promo code THPN for 30% off. Welcome back to the Grit Per 60 podcast. We were just got done talking about uh, how the Jets can fix their roster and maybe what the ideal offseason looks like. And tonight, I guess as you're listening to this, it would have been a couple days ago. But tonight, as we're recording this, the Stanley Cup Finals begin. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about this. You know, so Brendan. In a normal year, this matchup would be taking place in our backyard, but... You know, but there'd still be no way we'd be able to get tickets for it. Yeah. Well, I guess also in a normal year, like it wouldn't be going on right now. But well, that's a good point. So what are what are your thoughts? I think the Lightning are going to win. I mean, that's straight up like they're the better team. Oh, yeah, I think that too. But the, honestly, I'm really impressed with both teams' like resumes coming into this. Like, yeah. I'm not super high on Dallas, but I mean, man, like you look at the teams that they beat. I mean, they took out Colorado, granted, injuries, but Mm -hmm. they took out Colorado and Vegas. 
despite being the bottom seed of the round robin teams or whatever. I yeah, mean, and the Lightning beat the Islanders, which is basically the same thing, right? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the Lightning just like tore through the Bruins. Oh, yeah, that was, that was super impressive. They also beat like a really difficult to beat Columbus team. Like, I don't know whether to define Columbus and to a lesser extent New York as a good or a bad team. They're just teams that are a pain in the ass. Yeah. I feel like that's the best way to put it because you look at their, their rosters and you're just like, I don't know what to think Nothing, of this team. I mean, right? Like, they don't have, like, not team as a true superstar. I mean, the Islanders have Barzal. But both of those teams play really Brennan, solid. The Islanders have games. superstar Andy Green. And Anders Lee. Don't forget about Anders Lee. Anders Lee. I almost said Anders Lee after you said Barzal. But, yeah, I mean, both of those teams have taken out some really, really good teams. Yeah. So, And I think this will be, this will be fun to watch. Hope, hopefully it's fun to watch and not like the Lightning's last series was just... Yeah, I was going to say the Islanders are out, so we have actual oh. like, watchable hockey. <laughs> It also reminds me of uh, 2017 oh when the Senators were knocked out in the Eastern Conference Finals and everyone was like, great story, but that was unwatchable. So thank God. <laughs> Hockey lives. Vinny's going to hate listening to us talk about how we hate watching the Islanders because he likes structured, structured hockey. Yeah, but he also hates the Islanders. That's true. But he likes watching Barry Trotz teams, apparently. Anyway, so what are, what are your predictions here? Lightning in six. I, was, I think that was, that was my feeling too, but my default is always to pick the more talented team, in, team six games, in six. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think Dallas gets off to a really good start because they're rested. And I know that's a hot take. I mean, we, we saw what the Lightning did when they were rested versus a tired Islanders team. And I don't know if it's necessarily going to be, what, 8-2 or whatever it was. But I I kind of have to predict that the Stars are going to win game one. And maybe game two, but mostly game one. Um, My theory has always been that everybody's tired by this point. So I'm not really sure how much an effect there will be. I mean, the Stars had, what, three or four extra days? Yeah, but... The Stars went to That's seven big. games in the previous round, and the Star yeah. and the Lightning had five games. So, like, but but you got to think most immediately. I, I know there's an accumulative, like, accumulative. Uh, there's a, there's a cumulative um, fatigue factor here, but the most recent few days are going to have the biggest effect on your playing ability are you saying that like the running five day total is higher for the lightning but like their cumulative rest is probably about the same or i guess the i think so <laughs> just i think that makes sense <laughs> but i don't know I, I, um, I, I, I told a friend this and i was i don't know if it was just because pavelski's in the finals again but i was getting like just like in this match, I was getting similar vibes to when the Sharks were playing the Penguins in the Stanley Cup Finals in 2016. 
where like you look at the teams and you're like, okay, this could be pretty even, you know, like you, you got a team that hasn't been there in a while from the West and you got Joe Pavelski on that team in the West and it's an older team and uh, yeah, they got it, got a good story behind them. And then they just meet this really, really good team from the East and just get totally smoked by them. And I'm, I'm afraid of that happening again. Are you rooting for the stars? I'm rooting. I'm rooting for good hockey. I like watching the lightning. I like watching the lightning closer to us. But uh, Joe lived Pavelski in, lived in Tampa. I, for I can't, three years. I have to root for the lightning. It's like I also can't watch Joe Pavelski just like have this blank stare <laughs> and being like. You know those awful shots that they have when of the other team whenever they bring up the cup yeah. onto the ice? Like that shot of in twenty sixteen, like the, the shots of sad Patrick Marlowe, I can't have that happen again, except this time with Joe Pavel. Oh. Those shots are the worst. Yeah. Especially when they cut to like the old guys. It's like, oh yep. It's mm-hmm. like watching people's lives like flash before their eyes. <sighs> I'm sorry, did that just bum you out? <laughs> a little bit. It's been a rough Saturday. Um, yeah, I do see a path. I, 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 you know, the Lightning, I think, are the better team and they should win. But I do see the path for the Stars to win because the Lightning are already pretty banged up. And if, if Braden Point doesn't play, and in Stamco- I don't think Stamkos is returning this playoffs. It just from what I've See, that's kind of my hunch. Um, but if Braden Point, if there are games where Braden Point can't play, the Lightning have lost a lot of firepower. And there is room, or if they lose Sorelli, right? So I think it was Sorelli that took that knee on knee hit from Anders Lee because Anders Lee was rushing to get back on side in game seven and had to stick his leg out to do so. And in sticking his leg out, collided with. Sorelli, where I think Sergachev also was shaken up in that series as well, right? If you if the Lightning start losing players like that, I don't. I, I'm not saying this is how I want the Stars to win. If the Stars win, they, you know, I would prefer the Lightning be at their best, right? Um, but this is certainly, I think, more of a problem that the Lightning have to face than Dallas, and I think that's probably the Stars' best path to win. Or most likely path, I guess I should say. Yeah, I, I kind of figured that goaltending is going to be their biggest thing after basically kind of kind of goaltending their way through Vegas. Do you give the goaltending edge to Kudobin or Vasilevsky? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go with the draw. <laughs> I don't really. It's, it, that's that's a hard choice, honestly. I mean, Hudobin has been better in these playoffs, but Vasilevsky is has been very, very good. And I think Vasilevsky's in overall the better goalie, but in these playoffs, Hudobin has been better. So I don't I think I'm kind of in the same boat as you are. I think I would personally pick Vasilevsky because he's better, but I'm I'm not gonna bet against Hudobin at this point. Yeah, I was looking at evolvinghockey.com. They're number two and three in goal saved above expected. So 
we're going to call that a draw. But it should be a fun matchup between the Stars' defense and the Lightning's high-octane offense, as well as elite sniper Victor Hedman. <laughs> Absolutely elite sniper. I, I really want Hedman to score a couple of goals in this series just so he can lead the playoffs in goals. I want Hedman to score some goals just to annoy Vinny. <laughs> just because Vinny doesn't like him. Also, uh, who is your con Smythe pick? Ooh. Playoff all-star, overtime hero, Barclay Goodrow. Okay, in all seriousness, who is your... <laughs> If Hedman does lead in goals, it has to be him, right? In the in the, in the Lightning win the cup. I think regardless, I think to me it's a hard it would be a hard pick if the Lightning win between Hedman and Point. I would give it to Hedman. Yeah, I could see Point. But, but it, it, I think that between the two of them, that has to I think that's gonna play out over these next seven games. Or four games. Four to seven games. And then four to da- seven games. Like who would it be for Dallas? Like Kudobin? Gil Pavelski. Duh. No, 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 no. Oh. Ranta. No, Haskinen. Really? It would probably be Haskinen. Honestly, I haven't watched too much of Dallas in these playoff games. Because most of the, I have, I have a big boy job. And I, and I can't stay up that late for the Western Conference. I was, I was looking at a couple articles. The other name... Uh, would be Nikita Kucherov for the Lightning. I could, I mean, but I feel like if you give it to Kucherov, it's not because of the way he's played in these playoffs. It's because of who he is. Like that's a name recognition thing. I mean, he's been very good. Has he been Con Smythe good these playoffs? Maybe. I, I think I, to me it would be Hedman. It also helps that Hedman is like never off the ice like i feel like he plays 60 he's just always there. yeah just always there but yeah i think it would be it, to me it's like a battle between like the defensemen and the goaltenders Corey when it comes Perry. to both con Smythe and i guess the series in general headman versus haskinen will be fun kadobin versus Corey uh, perry vasilevsky will be fun yeah someone was like yeah you know if joe pavelski wins a cup. You do realize that he'll win it next to Corey Perry, and I was like, "Oh, okay, never mind. Maybe I'm not rooting for the Stars." If the Stars win, does Corey Perry get the cup like second because he's the old guy on the team? You got to give it to Pavelski first before you give it to Perry because Perry won one. Oh, that's true. Granted, very early in his career, but <laughs> I guess it would be still like still on there. Well, but wouldn't wouldn't um. It'd be like Ben and then Sagan, probably. Yeah, but just because of how long they've been with the club. Anyway, you got anything else other than? Other well, than I was just I was just what thinking the order about, of the stars. Well, I was just thinking is. the the other side of it would be the first one to get it would be Stamkos on the other side, right? Much like they brought him on to celebrate the uh, Prince of Wales Trophy. By the way, the Lightning touched the, the with Prince of Wales trophy. Yeah, I'm, I, it, it works. The Eastern Conference is the only one to ever touch it, and every time they do, it always works. But I, I All three times. But I want this tradition to live on, and it's dying, and that makes me sad. 
I've held a grudge against that ever since uh, the sharks didn't touch it and the penguins did. Well, you're dumb, so. Excuse you. Watch the game, nerd. This is all part of the tradition, Brendan. Return to tradition. Next thing you know, someone will look at uh, trophy touches and call that analytics. And then Tyler Sagan will tell them about how analytics are overrated. Goals. It's funny you bring up goals because the, the question was just, hey, you guys have allowed more goals than you've scored. This is the first time that like someone has done that and yeah. appeared in the Stanley Cup Finals since like 1970 I mean, But it was also kind of a dumb question. I mean, I, mean, I get it. I don't know. But like, yeah, yeah that 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 question happened and then Tyler Sagan was just like, yeah, uh, yeah. analytics are overrated and then like all of the hockey people are just responding like, yep, Tyler Sagan said it. Therefore, it's gospel. I'm like, that's not... But like, That's not even like an analytics stat. You can find that on NHL.com. But has Sagan actually been that good these playoffs? It's been fine. Been fine. You got anything else? I think we should leave there before I sound like... Okay. All right. Yeah, you're assuming that you haven't already done that. Oh, I absolutely have sounded. That's why I said again. All right. So... You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those fun places at Gripper60Pod. Uh, you should also follow our friend and slash uh, audio producer, uh, Vinny Milani at Vinny Powerplay and his podcast, he, he does a, the Powerplay podcast. He does a podcast that is way more produced than ours is and it's pretty good. I didn't say better. It's way more produced. Sorry, it's at the Power Play Pod. He has the wrong at in his Twitter bio, so you might want to fix that, bud. Anyway, um, also follow all of our friends over at the Hockey Pod Network. And um, yeah, thanks for listening and have a good one. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.